Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's David Smith and Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. I'm Monty Larrick, and this is David Smith, Yellow. the Executive Director of the Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action. We're joined by the Reverend Mark Moore, the senior pastor of Belmont Bible Church in Downers Grove, and the host of Hope for Life, airing daily at 5.30 a.m. on AM 1160. Pastor, your church is meeting at a temporary location because Belmont Bible is in the process of building a new facility that will not only house a church, but also a Christian school. So here's my question. The voices of conventional wisdom would say, well, you shouldn't be breaking ground on a new church during the pandemic with all this high inflation. (laughs) Uh, Materials are hard to come by. Joe Biden's in the White House. Um, And why on earth would you build this big facility in big blue Illinois? Uh, You had a good thing going (laughs) at Belmont Bible. So why do this now? Well, after you put it that way, Monty, I'm starting to <laughs> wonder myself what I've been thinking. He's reconsidering. Yeah. Good job, Monty. <laughs> um, no, it's it's true. Um, I was just reading some national studies that uh, attendance is down nationally. Has not, And I know our church has not completely recovered in attendance post-COVID. Um, but what we, we had plans to build before COVID, obviously. COVID actually delayed us, and we started up uh, coming out of COVID. Um, and we have experienced all that lead times, construction difficulties, inflation, cost overruns. Uh, basically, the burden of our church is not to have a new building, but we need a new building to be able to effectively minister. And I personally feel this way in my conviction as a pastor, and our church has followed along in that conviction as well. And that is we don't want to just babysit a church for 20 years 25 years, all go our merry way for retirement, uh, and, and, and the church just exists to be self-serving. Uh, we want to be effective in ministry, and to try and do that, as you mentioned, in Blue, Illinois, uh, it's not easy. Um, I believe we're pretty much in a post-Christian era yep. in America, yep. where it used to be people at least had a respect for what they called religion, and what most people in America meant by religion was something involving Jesus Christ and some organized uh, religion or church. Whereas now there's this open hostility um, against many things having to do anything. If you tell somebody, well, the Bible says the first thing many kids will tell you nowadays, well, I don't believe the Bible. And it kind of gives you a hard place to go. Where do, how do I get my witness out if you are dismissing what, yeah. I was, what is the authority for my, my belief and yeah. what I believe real life is? All that to say this, our church was burdened and felt what we can do is reach the children before they get tainted with, you, you can call it what's going on in our public education system, our government-run education system. You can call it Marxism. You can call it atheist. You can call it anything and secular, everything. Secular humanism. And that's really what it is. It's humanism. Yep. It is the idea that humans are accountable to no one. There is no God. 
as well, you're allowed to have a God as long as you're not accountable to that God and you can't share that God. I have because we are the center of the universe. Right. We're the center of the universe, and we are the answer, even though you look at society decade after decade, generation after generation, and our culture is just getting worse and worse and more corrupt. And, and you would yet, think they would figure out where the cause of the problem, not necessarily yeah. the solution. And, of course, this is why we need a Savior. Exactly. And the, the world looks at this as mankind is the answer. I have some friends that uh, have been involved in a very well-known uh, national ministry trying to reach teens uh, out of the public school system. Sure. And they've shared some of the frustrations of that. Pastor Mark, these kids are ingrained and indoctrinated that absolutely nothing is wrong other than to draw a line in the sand and say something is right, something is wrong, and we are accountable. Mm. So our church is trying to do this. We want to reach the kids before they get into that indoctrination of humanism in the government-run school system. And that's exactly what it is. So we're opening a preschool. It's going to be open enrollment. We're going to try to reach families through reaching these children. Uh, we've got people all in, in, our, in the southwest suburbs. There's people sending their kids to preschool. They're sending them to before and after school care with the preschool. And they're paying for that. Well, we've done what we can do in the past, one-week VBS. If you're really, really getting at it, two weeks of VBS in the summer. Um, well, basically, with this new building that we're building, we, we have designed and are constructing ourselves. Uh, most of it is self-performed, by the way. We haven't contracted things out. I've learned an awful lot about construction. Um, he wore his work boots in today. Yeah, I've got <laughs> my work boots, work cover, boots covered in drywall dust he's taking, right now. He's taking a break yeah. to visit with us. So yeah, there you go. I, I was told the guys, I said, listen, I have to go do a podcast. You guys keep working with manual labor. <laughs> um, but we, we designed the building um, for to be a preschool. And our church will also be able to use this facility and we'll be able to conduct our ministries out of this building. But the idea is this. The preschool is what is funding the building okay. and the main outreach ministry of our facility. And so we're basically going to be able to have, including the summer camps we'll be able to offer the community, year-round VBS. Yeah. Sharing with these children that Jesus Christ is the one true God, and he is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, allow the little children to come to me. That's right. And we want to see these kids because it's so, I mean, the faith of a child the Bible speaks of. You know, it, it's interesting. Jesus in the Bible says you have to learn to think like a child to believe in him. <laughs> Many theologians today say, oh, no, 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 you got to make it harder to believe. But that, And you we, need years of formal training. Exactly. We believe these children are loved by God, and they're in a ripe place of life to put their trust in Him. That's right. And then hopefully we'll, we'll be able to follow up, reach into these families with discipleship, and hopefully be able to save these families and these children from some of the corruption that we reap in this world. The Bible tells us when we sow to the flesh, we reap corruption. Absolutely. Uh, but even those that do go on and go on into the public education system, if they've put their trust in Christ, they're going to have the Holy Spirit with them now. Amen. And Amen. so we can't do everything, but this is one thing that we found that we can do. And it has been a huge step of faith. Yeah. We demolished our building last June. <laughs> and then we had 
possible EPA issues and our bank almost got scared off. And I'm the guy that just literally, you know, when anybody gets upset at a pastor, you're going to destroy this church. I'm like, they were right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Uh, But it it was some stressful times, but God's, God stretched our faith and uh, the building, the shell of the building is up. We got site work going on to finish up here in the spring and we hope to be moved in and open uh, in our new building for church in July. And Belmont Christian Preschool is slated to open this fall. Wow. Amen. It couldn't well, come keep, at a better time. Right? No. Yeah. Keep us posted. We'll pray that uh, the Lord bring the right people alongside you uh, and new folks as well. That'd yep. be uh, encouraging. But I'll tell you, you know, what you're doing with this school is so vitally important because um, the spiritual aspect, obviously, introducing them, pointing them to Jesus is going to be vital. But also the fact that you're not going to be teaching transgender confusion to these kids, gender hormone replacement, um, sex edit, kindergarten. Pastor, can you imagine that our state lawmakers thought that was a good idea and passed that last year? Um, You're you're saving them from physical consequences. And what you said is when you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. And many of our young people are really um, suffering from gender confusion, uh, sexual consequences, whether it be STDs, unplanned pregnancies, abortions, whatever, and then and then the physical and mental anguish that comes with all that. Um, so you're you're saving a small group of people, but you know then then it'd be easier for them to be introduced to Jesus and to have a, a relationship and then become mature Christians who can then pursue good works in the culture Correct. as well. Correct. And that, you know, what, what Paul said, you commit the same unto faithful men. And so uh, some of the best pastors I've known committed their faith to faithful men who were boys when they started. They, right. they were raised up in their ministry. That's right. And, and that's what we're looking to do because, and again, we talked a little bit about this before the podcast started, that um, no Christian school, no Christian preschool can take the place of what parents are supposed to be teaching their children. Preach it, Pastor. But so, so for example, in our school, there's there's going to be sin natures. Yeah. If everyone there is saved, there's going to be an old nature in everybody. Everyone. And us. there's still the possibility to to choose that, and so to uh, the the flesh. However. They're not in an environment. They're in an environment that's being taught the dangers of that, why God warns against it. And they're in an environment where not only is it taught against, lovingly instructed, but it is not, it's definitely not promoted that this is the norm. Right. That this, you, you go to any, any government-run education center, uh, known as public schools, um, and and you're you're weird if you don't have an STD if you're not addicted to something that's right if you're not if you haven't been you pregnant, have a purity have ring what's yeah. that about yeah right? if you know if you're a, a male or a female that you, you're <laughs> something it's almost like it's something's wrong with you that's right um, and and how did we get to that point how do we get to where lawmakers thought this would be a good idea well because the Bible says that well the Bible tells us we have an adversary mm-hmm. that's walking about not seeking whom he can trip up. Not looking for who he could. He's trying to devour. Devour. And the Bible tells us as well, God, his his message of love to his creation, humanity, tells us that sin leads to death. And it's not a pretty journey. And I I could tell you in my own life, when I I choose sin, I get dumber and dumber. (laughs) Whereas when I choose to obey what I've learned in the Bible and that area of life, suddenly I, I can see things so much more clearly. Uh, it's almost like I have a creator. 
right. that gave me his word <laughs> and said, here's what will be good and here's what will be bad. That's right. And that's what really, is that not the message of the Bible? Right. I lay before you death and life and I that's beg right. you, choose life. Amen. Blessings and curses. Amen. Choose blessings. Amen. So, so, but the thing is they've got to know the word of God. And so that's going to be, I'm, I'm guessing the centerpiece of your yes. school. Yes. Getting to know the word of God. It is Belmont Christian School. They're going to be taught about God. Uh, they're going to be taught a biblical worldview. Uh, that does not that does not mean. And, and people hear, oh, you're going to indoctrinate them in religion. No, if we really believe what we God believe. is real yep. and He is truth, then His message is one of blessing. Amen. That we would want to share. Right. You know, so many people are fine. Well, you can have your faith. Just keep it to yourself and keep it in your four walls on Sunday. Right. Well. It, it it flies in the face of everything that God tells us. If you've got if you've got, you know, we we love to share if we find a great place to eat. If you find a good doctor, if you find this, or if you find you know cheap gas, if you can find that, right. you know what I mean. If you megaphone can find, on Facebook, exactly, hey, you're guys. telling everybody. Um, but yeah, that that's it, it's sad the state that the the state that our state is in. Yeah. And I've told this to our people in church. If it weren't for God's leading. For me to be at Belmont Bible Church, I'd be so out of Illinois. Right? But I, I genuinely, I have peace here because I know this is where I'm supposed but to be. But this is the mission front, man. And it is. We're, is we're, we're on a mission field here. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not an easy area. It's, this it's is pretty hostile. Battlefield. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know that George Barna has recently even come out and saying that the worldview of the people in the church is less than 10%. I, I can't remember if it was 9 or 6% who actually have a biblical worldview. And so training up the next generation is, I think, so important. It's why IFI does an annual worldview conference as well and brings people in. You know, um, even for those of us who have been Christians... I'm, I'm thinking he'd be a good worldview conference Oh, I speaker. think he would be. Absolutely. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, he probably uses the Bible as his reference, I, too. I, I would admittedly plagiarize everything from the Bible. <laughs> It's the best move you can make. <laughs> well, we've got an excuse. Who was it that said, oh, there's nothing new under the sun? Was it yep. Solomon? That's Solomon and Ecclesiastes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, you know, training up the next generation is so vitally important because we have forgotten God over the last several generations. Yeah. And we're at the point where we're actually shaking our fist at him and saying, I don't believe you. I don't want anything to do with you. I hate you. That's a pretty bad spot to be in. And, and if you do read your Bible, you, you'll find out God doesn't respond well to that. <laughs> right, right. I mean, the, the, the wrath of God is righteous indignation because of the justice of God. How can God be loving and yet be a God of, of vengeance? You know, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Well, I understand that. I had a biblical father that I was privileged to live, but, you know, be raised by two parents. I know my dad and mom both loved me beyond anything. I was the yes. youngest of six. They loved us like crazy, but we all knew how to be afraid. <laughs> when they caught us doing what we weren't supposed to do, right? we knew righteous indignation. So, so the father would be harsh, because not because he wants to ostracize you or hurt you, right. because he wants you to come back to the right path. Right. Was it saying in the New Testament, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness when we are exercised by God's chastening, so his, his discipline. So yeah. I could put it this way in the house I was raised in. My mom had a set of ping pong paddles. <laughs> we didn't own a ping pong table. <laughs> That's too good. We need to take a time out. And uh, before we do, 
tell me about how people can yeah. sign up for your preschool, first of all. Okay. If you go to Belmont Schools, schools plural, dot info, it has all of our information. It has all of the different programs we offer part-time, all of our hours are before and after care. Uh, they can go right on there. You can register. You can email us through that, and you can go ahead and register your child for our upcoming uh, school year this fall of 2022. For the preschool. And yes. Belmont is B-E-L-M-O-N-T. B-E-L-M-O-N-T schools.info. Info. Okay, that's very important. Not com, not net. It's info. Dot info. Got it. And you're the host of Hope for Life, airing daily, 5.30 a.m. on AM 1160. Now that I've met him, I must listen. Oh, man. So 5.30 <laughs> in the morning, you're doing a devotional or an encouragement, uh, it, a daily encouragement? It is. Uh, we, we edit messages uh, from our services on Sunday. Ah, you get a snippet. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, you nice. get you get in fact we have people in our church that said they listened to me on radio for over a year before coming. Um, you mentioned that you were raised Catholic. We have a gentleman in our church that was born and raised Catholic that secretly listened to us for a year before he could, and he said it was an intimidating thing. They came out now. Oh, sure. He's very active in our building project. He owns a construction company. He's no been kidding. a huge godsend. He's a wonderful part of our church family. Wonderful, wonderful. So it's 5.30 to 6 every morning? 5.30 to 6, weekdays. And that's because you preach a four-hour message every Sunday? <laughs> no. Well, I figure the longer I preach, the more I give the guys to work with in editing. So There we go. We're going to take a time out and continue our conversation with uh, Pastor Mark Moore of Belmont Bible Church right after this. Prayer crosses generations. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. According to the Barna Group, millennials who stayed in church were twice as likely to have a close personal friendship with an adult inside that church. Well, that was true for me. Around Christmas of December 1990, I met Miss Buckner, who lived down a windy rural Virginia road. She was an 89-year-old widow. First time I visited her house, it was awkward. We didn't know what to talk about, so she prayed for me. And that prayer time led me to visit Miss Buckner two years later. At that point, I was even less interested in spiritual things. When Miss Buckner came to the door, I said, you probably don't remember me, but I was here two years ago. John, she said, I prayed for you this morning. Her friendship impacted me in ways I cannot measure. Prayer not only unites the church, it inspires faith. That's why we're hosting a time of guided prayer during Lent. These times will inspire you to pray for people in your church, especially those in other generations. To sign up for the weekly reminders, go to breakpoint.org slash pray with me. That's breakpoint.org slash pray with me. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Thanks once again for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larrick here along with David Smith, Hello. the Executive Director of Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action. We're joined by a visionary pastor, yes, the Reverend Mark Moore, the pastor of Belmont Bible Church in Downers Grove. Belmontschools.info. Yeah, at starting a preschool, but down the road, pastor. K through 12, too? Um, already there. Oh. We have a small Christian school, and we are renting a space right now. So we had to move our small Christian school out of the building. Parents prefer we did that before we demolished it. Uh, so we have we have a church in the area that's partnering with us and allowing us to use their facility for Sunday services at 1 o'clock in the afternoon during construction. Mm -hmm. But during the week, we have another church that is renting us one of their wings that they do not use, and we have our Christian school is meeting in there. Uh, my wife is running the Christian school. She will be moving over to our preschool director 
and then one of my assistants, uh, Pastor Dan, will come off the construction site, and he will move to principal of the Christian school. Our Christian school is smaller, um, but it's not meant to offer what the world says you need. The world says you need horseback riding lessons. You need uh, to have every sport. And, and sports are great. I love sports. Um, but what we need is we need academics yeah. that are a gift from God and to know who gave them to us. They came <laughs> from God, and we are accountable to him. Amen. And so, yes, our Christian school is uh, kindergarten through 12th grade. Wow. Math, science, reading, Writing arithmetic. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and Christian service. And Christian service. Yeah. Without that, all the garbage. That sounds good. That really does. Yeah. Um, you know, over the last year, uh, maybe a little bit longer than that, act, the, the call for um, to, to get out of government schools, we've been saying for a while, but not until last year did we really ramp up the message and say, hey, um, with red flags flaring, you know, uh, parents, grandparents, get your kids out of the indoctrination centers. And, it, you know, it was really, you know, Senate Bill 818, which was the sex ed bill that really pushed us over the top. But, you know, when you take a look at everything that's going on in our government schools, um, they're really dangerous places for our children to be. And, and for Christians, it's in the antithesis of what we're trying to teach our kids at home, Right. Um, and so I like to say that the apostles of wokeism are more dedicated than the Christians who are called to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And we've got to change that. And this, this is one of the reasons why we're out in the public square um, making the call and asking them to get the kids out. And I also stress grandparents, too, because you know what? Grandparents, if you're retired and you're spending four or five days on the golf course, guess what? Cut that back and see how you can plug into your grandkids' life and pass on the faith that you were blessed with. Amen. You know, and of course, it's we're not just saying homeschool, but good Christian schools like Belmont Christian Schools is going to be a great place and a refuge for some of these families uh, to go. But, you know, grandparents, parents, you know, we've got to step up and help. And then there's a place for um, church leaders to create scholarship funds mm -hmm. for those single moms. Unfortunately, our culture is so broken. Um, you know, we've got a lot of single moms in our culture these days, you know, and we need to be able to step up. She's not going to be able to homeschool, right? We need to step up and help them to get into a, a school that may be out of their price range. Right. Um, the If in a perfect world... Every Christian school could offer free tuition. That's right. Free, free academics, uh, free extracurriculars. Um, but it, it's just it's not it's not real. Our church does that where we offer. Uh, Doctor Scudder, who I was uh, trained under, attended his church for. I was ordained in his church. Quinton Road uh, Baptist. Up at Quinton Road Baptist. Yep. yep. He used to say, "We give so much away. How do you make it up? We do." It. He said, "We make it up by volume." And, there, and I, I used to laugh at that when he would say that, but there are times as a pastor, you follow the leading of God, even if it doesn't make academic sense, where I've told a family, listen, I know you're teetering about Christian education or not. I'll tell you what, one of your holdups is you don't see how you can afford it. And I can see how they can if they would be Bible-based in their priorities. And so there are times when I feel I'll, I'll follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. I'll say, listen, I'll, I'll take your child for the first year, and here's what we're, we're going to do. You pay what you can, when you can. 
and, and we're going to try to help you get your family aligned with God's purposes for your Amen. life. Um, so there's scholarships that can be offered. One thing also that I would stress to parents and grandparents, you mentioned going on the golf course or any number of things that we spend our money on. Uh, my wife and I found just cutting back on going out to eat. Sure. What a difference that made to our budget. Um, if my children had some kind of medical need, where maybe they weren't in danger of dying, but they got a better quality of life. Very few parents would would hesitate to spare any expense and they make any sacrifice. Yeah. Well, especially when you're talking about people that are saved. They believe in Jesus Christ, the creator. Why would you hesitate yeah. when we're talking about eternal value? We're, we're talking about eternal Absolutely. fruit. Absolutely. And, and when, when we came to Belmont in 2008, my wife and I, um, it was intimidating for our children. We were part of Quinton Road, a very large church, had yep. a large Christian school. Um, and they actually did have horseback riding. <laughs> I mean, God blessed with these things. There was, I mean, our, our kids could do baseball, they could do basketball, they could do volleyball, they could do soccer, they could do music, they could do speech, and they could do it in a Christian environment. Yep. And here we were feeling led to come down to Downers Grove to a church that was admittedly about to close its doors, had 12 people on a Sunday morning. Wow. We homeschooled our children for the first year. And then about two years after that, we, we went to another Christian school, and then we opened our own. Um, and there was a real fear. Am I hurting my children? I didn't doubt God wanted me to go down there, to Downers Grove. But the fear was, are my children losing out? And I will tell you this. My children have experienced more of seeing God work and the rejuvenation of that church to what it is today from when we came there that I would have hurt my children so much Mm. not following God. And and there's people that, you know, listen, great. You believe little Jimmy, little Susie is going to be the next athlete, is going to be the next uh, music sensation, going to be whatever. And listen, the, you just look at the, the, the math. Even if that were true, look at the lives of humans that are in those positions. I'm not saying it's bad to have fame and fortune, but the Bible doesn't say anywhere where a follower of God is to have that in their thinking. Right, right. And the fact of the matter is, the spiritual is eternal. The right. physical is That's why on. Jesus said to invest in heavenly treasure, right? Amen. And for those who, who believe that the God who calls us to do something will equip us to do it, it may not be the same equipment that we think, right? Yeah. right? Yeah, he's going to equip us to do the work. So um, it may not be with horseback riding and, <laughs> and all these other things. But, you know, eventually maybe the Lord will bless what you're doing because you've been faithful with a little. And, of course, that's another Amen. biblical principle. Yep. He will expand your boundaries and bless you with more. When I was on the work site with my son building a church, and he's getting skid steer time to learn how to drive a skid steer. He's at up how old? At, at how old? At 18. At 18, okay. And he's up, he's up in, yeah, he wasn't 12. Yeah, right. <laughs> he, he's up in a, in, a, in a cherry picker lift, helping rig up and put up the, the, the steel, the structural steel. And, and then he drives home, and uh, he, he didn't want me to know about this. My wife told me. He's, he tells my wife, Mom, you, you don't know how lucky you are to be married to Dad. He's literally building his own church. <laughs> and I'm sitting here. He doesn't know that I knew it. I'm like, do you want a car? What do you want? I mean, you, you could basically have to half the kingdom, son, because yeah, you right. know. But the, the, the real blessing there is he's seeing what's important in life. Yeah. And 
you, you have to invest in Bible-centered training to be able to reap that. It does not come naturally out of human well, beings. Well, one thing that he's seeing is that you're not just talking the talk, you're walking it. That is vital, and yeah. that is so important. It's the, all those volunteers from your church who are helping, same yeah. thing with their family. They're seeing their dad, their moms, their you know, whoever's on this, their brothers, sisters on the site, actually putting that love into action. Amen. Yeah. We've had men in our church take their two weeks vacation from work and spend yeah. it working 12-hour days wow. on the job site. And what? You know what? That 401k in heaven is growing uh, like leaps amen. and bounds. <laughs> <laughs> well, do, you, do you think that uh, your school, you, you mentioned that it's helping to sustain your church financially, but is it bringing people to the church? Uh, are, and is it a, a source of like ongoing energy? Uh, what are your thoughts? So when we first started the, the Christian school, it was we, we did not have in mind to—it's not open enrollment. We're not a reform school. We're not a, hey, my child got kicked out of the public school, and this is their last shot. Can you take them? <laughs> um, and so it was for, for people that wanted and understood the value of a Christian education. Um, our property was paid for. We had no debt as far as that, that goes. Uh, building the new facility— how are we going to be able to afford to pay for that building? Yeah. Well, it is the open enrollment preschool that these parents are already paying any number of places all over the southwest suburbs where we're at. Well, now that money can come in to pay for this building to give us an, an avenue to be able to reach these families with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the plan there is, yes, exactly. We want to reach the children and reach the families with the gospel. As they respond, we want to bring them into the church to disciple. Yes. Um, the Christian school, I, my vision for that is it will remain for those who want a Christian education. I, at this time, do not feel that we're going to go to open enrollment. I don't think there's anything—I'm I'm not judging a Christian school that has open enrollment. It's just—what uh, what did Paul say? This one thing I do, we, we, have to, we have to keep where we know God is leading for our— talents sure and our situation it's a lot easier to handle open enrollment with preschoolers than open enrollment with high schoolers and and we may get there someday Amen. Um, but right now it, it is the evangelism and training happening through the preschool and then the further training happening within the christian school all the way up through 12th grade but you can kind of got an uphill fight there in the, that downers grove area a lot of nationalities represented there now uh, different income levels. Certainly has become more liberal over the years. Yeah, uh, a lot of Fair. unchurched people. Yeah. And if you've got young Christians who might be seeking out your church, well, they've come from happy churches where there, some issues are just not discussed. Uh, God's plan for sexuality, marriage, uh, the life issue, what have you. So how do you work that out? <laughs> well, you're you're in Babylon, Babylon. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess uh, in Ephesians it says to speak truth in love. Mm. You know, it's easy sometimes, especially when you see the the debauchery of humanity and how far it's gone. Yeah. It's easy to get some righteous indignation and and be mm. tempted to leave the love off while speaking truth. Or it's easy to go the other way and we just love, 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 and you are silent on truth in the name of love. Neither one is the complete picture of Christ. 
one thing that we noticed coming out of COVID, we had a lot of people coming to our church because we were having church in person, <laughs> and and we were what a radical idea. I, I know it was extreme. <laughs> um, but a, a lot of this. Did you follow the advice of Dr. Fauci? Yeah. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> He's well, I, the I, fifth. I, well, I guess if you plan on whatever he said to go the opposite, maybe you are using his advice as, as some kind of template to go the opposite. Um, but when, when people would, would come out, I, what I was hearing, what I was understanding, a lot of churches that you, you refer to them as a happy church, yeah. where. Um, maybe sin's not really mentioned, and if it is, certainly not with specifics. I call that a cotton candy Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I hear them usually referred to as seeker-sensitive. Yeah. Um, Sweet, fluffy, yeah, a lot there, yeah. uh, not, not much there. I- exactly. Well, the problem was those churches, many of them, they, they just avoid anything controversial. Well, COVID you couldn't avoid. No. Having church, not having church. Uh, social distance in the seating, not social distance, mask or no mask. They could not win suddenly because <laughs> before they could just go away that was happy, fluffy, non But any decision they made, they were going to alienate them. Exactly. <laughs> um, not surprisingly, a lot did go the route of uh, pulling back from assembling together. Um, Safety over service. Exactly. Yeah. And listen, we, we have people that di- different health risks, and we told our people we, we did everything we could to reach out and go Absolutely. to them and, and visit them. And I would tell them as a pastor, even just this last time with uh, the Omicron variant, mm-hmm. I had an elderly gentleman say, Pastor, I just don't feel safe. And I said, listen, I totally get that. And I want to help you through this time. And I'm Amen. not judging that you're not sitting in church and you're watching in live stream. And I just pray that there'll be a time when we can be back together soon. And he has come back since then. Good. But the idea that, you know, 28 years old, perfect health, you go out and do everything else, you go out to eat, well, you should be in church. Yeah. You know, in Acts, it says that they got together with the church daily. They didn't just get together. They got daily. together with the church. So this idea, well, I'm my own church, it's anti-Bible. It's not found in the Word of God. We need to be together. And what are we? I always tell our church, we're a bunch of messed up sinners. Yep that knew where we had to go. We had to come to the local body of Christ and seek the Word of God together. And we need encouragement. We need to be stirred up. We need correction, right? Yep. We well, need all of that. Correction is, a, can correction is accountability. Under authority. Exactly. Accountability within church. It's right. You know, people, and, and there's great. Um, I'm certainly not going to speak against podcasts. I'm speaking on one right now. <laughs> podcasts are great. YouTube is great. Right. Uh, books are great, uh, if, if, if it's Bible-based. But... To, to put together, and James, when it says they heap to themselves teachers that tell Tickle them what they ears. want to hear, yeah, yeah, it's easy to do that even with biblical pastors, sure, because he doesn't know I exist. He does. I like the way he says this. I like the way he says. And maybe they're saying biblical truth, but I'm not accountable to any of them. The local body assembly, yeah, you are accountable. And if you're not accountable then the teaching isn't worth much, even if it is Bible-based, mm. because you're there free with no accountability to pick and choose what, what you a want great point. and throw away what you don't. Very important point. Now, Pastor, I know that your church likes to hand out our voter guides. Yay! Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir, we do, every year. <laughs> well, let me just ask you, um, do you encourage your congregation to get involved politically? Yes, I do. Um, I encourage them that we are stewards. So Amen. just like First Fruit Sunday or anything, when we take an offering, we talk about stewardship. Our citizenship, we're stewards here, and we have to exercise 
stewardship as a good steward. So you need to be informed. Mm -hmm. You need to vote accordingly. Uh, my son just turned 18, and he can't wait. He's looking forward to voting. And he's – he's I'm, I've been coming to him. I've and been he's not a Bernie fan, I understand. I, uh, no, not exactly. <laughs> um, I've been on the work site so much, I've been coming to him for late – you know, son, what's going on with who, you know? <laughs> he's helping me he's with that. He's plugged in good. Exactly. Right, excellent. But, you know, we, we have uh, a lady in our church who is uh, currently – Stephanie Trussell currently uh, oh, running LT as governor lieutenant campaign. governor. Yes. Um, and I strongly encourage our people that if you feel the call of God to get involved, yeah. and put, whether, whether it's on a state level or on a local level, because we're not to isolate. We're no. in the world, but we're not of the world. And we've been given stewardship. So there's a balance there yeah. because I, I do see sometimes in Christianity people get we can so be old, into yes. politics that the gospel seems to just be an afterthought. Right. I believe there's a balance, but I believe the best balance is to be spirit-led. And, and, and different people will be led in, in different ways with the talents that God has given. So I have to share with you, um, you know, IFI has been to a number of Christian conferences over the years, right? We, we had a display booth, and people come by, and we get to interact with them. And uh, most recently, I've been to a bunch of men's conferences, and I like to ask the question, um, are you interested in politics and public policy? And, you know, to those who say, nah, not really, I said, could I challenge you biblically? And most of the time they do. I've only had a few people who said, nah, and walk away. But most of them say, okay, give me a, give me a, give me a challenge. Say, Romans 13 tells us all authority is ordained by God, right? Who's the authority ordained in the United States of America? And normally they answer, well, the president of the United States. I said, well, okay, what's the first three words of the Constitution? We the people. Well, okay, so who's the, who's the authority ordained in the United States? Oh, we the people. How are we doing with that? Oh, not good. And so that's because we're not interested in politics and public policy. Yeah. We come full circle, right? Yeah. <laughs> and just say, so, you know, we've handed over the reins of government to atheists and humanists and then wonder, how did we get in this mess? Right. You know, we're not following God's rules and orders and, and commands. And now we're shaking his, our fist at them collectively. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's very important. And, and the stewardship is one of those things that are, I, I totally agree with you, Pastor. God gave us this gift of self-government. Mm -hmm. Are we good stewards of it? If only 60% of the people who are registered to vote in the church come out to vote. And it's, it's like you said, it's no surprise if we turn over all of governance to secular humanists, yeah. atheists, agnostics. Well, well, guess what? Our God-given freedoms, and it's been a gift from God that I've been able to grow up in this great country Amen. founded on freedom. And building a church. Exactly. Exactly. Well, <laughs> I know got there's to a lot experience of some red tape right? and bureaucracy <laughs> on that. Oh my goodness! I'm got to put those fire still, sprinklers in. Oh well, yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of things that we've had to do that uh, greatly increased the cost of the project. Um, but the Americans fact, for Disabilities have yeah. requirements, you know. Yeah, uh, the fact of the matter is the we've tried to even be a, a witness and a testimony at, at the village hall. Yep. Um, and which means there's times I had to bite my tongue. I'm, I'm not one of those guys, and this is not a good thing. I'm not one of those guys that walks away and goes, that's what I should have said. I'm one of those guys that walks away and go, oh, I didn't say that out loud, did I? Oh, no, I need to go apologize. So it, it's something where one of the witnesses we tried to be to the village is just biting our tongue at times with some of the uh, – Unfortunate, bureaucratic, seemingly bureaucratic self-serving yeah, yeah. Uh, red tape. Um, but, but yeah, Christians need to be involved. Uh, I would say 
I don't think I should say even at the local level, especially yes. at the local oh, level. Oh, absolutely. Because that starts at, that's where you live. Absolutely. That's where you worship. That's where you raise your children. Amen. Well, good. I'm glad you're doing this and keep encouraging those people to, uh, to follow God, but also to be involved in the public square. Amen. Well. Oh, unfortunately, we got to wrap things up. Yep. We're a little bit over time. <laughs> That's okay. So, belmontschools.info. Yes, sir. And Hope for Life radio program, Monday through Friday, 5.30 a.m. So, if you're up and moving. And Sunday mornings? Sunday. Well, right now, we're our service is on sun, Sunday afternoons at 1 o'clock. We're uh, renting space from another church. But we'll be back to that morning time slot. Talk about a tough time slot. Try preaching at 1.30 in the afternoon. After, after lunch. After everybody had lunch <laughs> and had their, you know, relaxation well, time. Well, thank God and, that uh, the Bears have not been doing so well, too, right? Yeah, we so didn't have much, got a lot of we didn't have much in sports it. competition in the afternoon <laughs> lately. So I guess God put us there at a time when the Chicago sports and were not on the And when do you think you'll be going back to morning or in the new building? Our goal is to try and get into the building either June, July, this summer. Depending on the weather, June or Depending July. Depending on the spring summer. weather will dictate. And then you'll be back to 9 a.m. Sunday school, 10 a.m. church or whatever. We'll, we'll probably be back to 11 a.m. Sunday morning service. Okay. And then we, we do uh, small group Bible studies throughout the week as well. Oh, good. I, I'm thinking that people that listen to this are going to want to stop by now. So where are you meeting right now? Okay. We, are, we are meeting at a First Baptist Church of Downers Grove. It's right in downtown Downers Grove. Uh, the pastor there is a good friend of mine, been very helpful, uh, Pastor Don Zimmerman. Uh, oh, we're yeah, there. we know Don. Yep. Hey, pastor Don. Don. Yeah. Uh, we were meeting there at 1 o'clock in the afternoons on Sundays. Okay. And uh, we'll be there until we get back in the building, as I mentioned, this summer, June or July is the target. All Fantastic. Right. Well, God bless you. Yeah. Well, thanks for taking a break and coming and visiting well, thanks with for us. having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, folks, for tuning in. And uh, do tell a friend about uh, Illinois Family Spotlight friend or two. Okay. And if you want to order voter guides in bulk, give our um, office a call, 708-781-9328. Talk to Kathy and say, I want to grab 50, 100, 500 voter guides so I can distribute them uh, for the June 28th election. So, uh, or you can send us an email at contactus at illinoisfamily.org and just say, hey, would you mail me these many? Okay. All right. Well, we've talked a lot about uh, getting kids out of the government school, so go to our website yep. and click on to Rescuing Our Children. There's a wealth of information there about uh, resources and alternatives, alternatives yep. you name it. So go there, Rescuing Our Children at IllinoisFamily.org. All right. That's it, money. We need to say goodbye, and until next time, stay healthy, stay active, and God bless. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.